Hey, my name is Nancy Bound from WTSR. I'm here with Pat from the band Milk. What's up today, Pat? Hey, how's it going? Um, not much. It's uh, in Nashville. There's been a lot of flash flood warnings today. Ooh. So I was, I had to, uh, I was out and about this morning and I was just trying to not, you know, launch my car into a lake of water. So uh, yeah, but besides that, just pretty, pretty chill, awesome. pretty chill day. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So today we'll be uh, chatting about the music you've brought for World College Radio Day on October 2nd, 2020. So we're going to talk about your first track that we'll be playing. And this track is Ride. And Ride is from the 2019 album, God Loves You and So Do I. So um, to begin like with this song, it's definitely it's very it's very like beautiful to listen to and it's just, it's just a great ambiance to it and so i guess like my question for you is how did you first explore this style of music and how would you categorize it thanks uh yeah it's um i don't know so kind of the precursor to that was um we had put out our first actual like full-length record uh earlier in 2019 and that one was probably a little more like pop, like I don't know like pop or like even like a little alternative focus or like blending different different things just a lot of different genre blending and then kind of going into that the that next EP the God Loves You EP um, which Ride is on uh, it was kind of like I just wanted to explore less of a I don't know, almost like less of a cultivated sound, less of like what we had done before and more just like make make songs, make sounds that just felt like, ple like pleasant to listen to, like fun to listen to, like chill. Like a lot of that EP is like really, is like pretty laid back overall or, or if not laid back, it's just kind of like meant to be like a good thing to like, put you in a certain mood instead of like like whereas the stuff we had done before was and the stuff that we're doing now is probably a, you know takes a little more like thinking to it because lyrically it's like heavier and stuff this was kind of more of like uh let's just make some good vibes like roll down the windows you're driving at you know 11 p.m whatever just kind of so that was the mentality behind a lot of that stuff and I think for ride that was that was kind of the thought process was just like what what feels really good and just put someone immediately in like in the zone you know um so yeah nice so definitely with the sound mixing in the song um you've definitely been influenced by modern technology how has um how what were some of your early muses to this style i don't know i mean i think i've always gravitated like even since i was was like just figuring out how to produce music and, and, you know, write songs back when I was, you know, 15, 14, whatever. I think I've always gravitated towards like more synthetic music, more, more synth based, more like more just in that realm. Um, it's more sample based stuff. And I don't know exactly why that is, but um, I just always, I, I, I never found myself getting into stuff like like true indie rock or true like um, like alternative like I, I can appreciate it and I like it and I think there's some stuff I think is really really awesome but for some reason my ear and my my taste has always just 
always found its way back to like something electronic or hit or you know hip-hop or like whatever um because I, I guess i just find it interesting and i find it really like um you can just like literally create new sounds that no one's heard like out of nothing you know and so i think that's that's always a fun thing and then also just like um it 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 called i think it cultivates yes. depending on how you're doing it it can cultivate just like a certain feeling and and for me that's just the first thing that i go to like how does a song like i can just be scrolling through an artist's music and like immediately i'm gonna stop on the one that just catches me on the like this one's feeling good this one's feeling right like right off the bat and um and i think that there's something about electronic music and like hip-hop and r&b and stuff like that that really just somehow is able to cultivate that and so i think you know with with that ep that ride is on um that was kind of that was definitely more influenced by like the electronic and like r&b uh and even like the trap space and so um i think yeah i don't know i've just i've just gravitated towards that that style it makes me feel good it's it's exciting to me yeah Definitely in the field of indie, there's a lot of variety that you can take on. And it's mm -hmm. kind of, it's especially here at um at a college radio station, we definitely like to promote a lot of different sounds that people might not consider, but it's all about how, like kind of the experience and the atmosphere the music creates. Totally. And that's obviously that's different for everyone. Like, mm -hmm. like one person might just absolutely love like, you know raw like rock music and then someone else that might not make them feel anything but they love like edm like that just gets them in the right zone and so it's it's just all like it's literally like that's why music is such a subjective thing and i you know it's it's dumb to like act like anything is better or worse than anything else because it's totally just like what what makes a specific person feel a specific way mm -hmm. definitely yeah so with the with your band milk um there are three members in the band and so how did you all first get started and acquainted so um the three guys are myself pat um and then there's jack and john and the other two guys uh jack and i grew up together in minnesota and we played in a ton of bands in the twin cities growing up and like produced other artists there like when we were like you know just working out of like garage band and stuff like we were just we'd still like have people come record with us even though we were just like kind of winging it on the fly and uh but yeah we so we we grew up together went to school together played you know played in so many different groups together and you know even now we, we still aside from milk like work on a lot of different production projects together um so that was that and then john who plays who does i mean we it's not really like a true band where someone's like i play this and i play this it's like we all kind of have different roles that like flip around um like john on tour plays drums and and like you know programming and stuff but you know in the studio we're writing stuff together where he's you know co-producing ideas and or you know jack he plays you know guitar and like some some keys stuff live and like takes care of some of the technical stuff but like when it comes to uh you know in the studio a lot of his main role i would say is has, is like post-production 
production, mixing and mastering all that stuff. Like we're kind of, we're all in house. We don't, we don't do much outside work with other people. Um, um, anyway, yeah. So I met John uh, just playing like after I moved to Nashville, we, you know, played different gigs for different artists here. And we met on like a country or like a folk gig that we were got hired to play. And we, you know, hit it off and we kept in touch. And then I just happened to be like, hey, me and me and my friend Jack are starting this thing. Uh, seems like it might be kind of cool. Would, are you interested in being involved? And he, I kind of thought he was going to be like, nah, just because I didn't, I didn't know him super well at that point. But like, you know, I just kind of figured, oh, he's got other stuff going on. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally down. And so that was just kind of, and then those, those two guys didn't even know each other. So that was the funny part. And so they, they literally met through you know this whole thing so yeah it's just kind of random just you know yeah random things coming together and we <laughs> we did the thing mm -hmm. now did you all come from different backgrounds of musical training and like genres um a, a little bit I think there was a lot of commonalities um I mean I grew up me and Jack grew up together playing in like we played a lot in like metal type bands or like heart heavy music bands or like pop punk type bands or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of, and actually John did as well. I mean, I feel like a lot of, a lot of people do in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and then as we kind of gravitated away from that, um, I don't know, like we all, we, I feel like we all kind of have different parts, different parts to play now as our, as our tastes have evolved. Like, John is still like really heavily influenced by like like more true like indie music um more more kind of left of center stuff more um or even more like organic stuff uh whereas that like I said I'm I'm probably more influenced by like you know rap like rap production R&B production or even like lately and and before and for a while but it's kind of come back around that I've been really into like electronic music and like different like EDM uh, influences. And then, and Jack, I mean, he's just kind of whatever. I think he, I think he likes a, a wide variety of different things. And so, yeah, backgrounds are kind of similar and we, you know, we all kind of evolved our tastes in different ways, but they, you know, they're not, they don't fall too far from the tree from each other and where they do, I think they kind of blend in a, in a nice way. So it kind of, especially with the album we're working on right now that we've been putting out singles for now for a couple months. Um, yeah, I think you can kind of hear a lot of the different influences there even more than, than ever before, so. So for your next track, um, it is called Dasani Water and this was actually published in 2020. So can you describe the background? Why is it called Dasani Water? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Honestly, let's see. I think I wrote, I, I produced the track back in the fall of 19. And I literally remember the day I was writing it. I, I have a very strong aversion to Dasani water the, <laughs> because I, what bothers me about it. And like, I've toured a lot and, you know, you're always given different beverages and what you know food and whatever and um it's whenever we get to sign it's like it's not it's not it doesn't 
doesn't do it for me. It's like, it doesn't feel like I'm hydrated. It tastes like, like rocks. I don't know. It's just not good. And so I was, I was really mad about it one day. I don't remember why. And I was just like joking, joking on Twitter or something. I was like, I'm going to make this track, a diss track to Dasani Water. And like at the time, all I did was make this, this beat, this track. Um, and then it kind of, you know, it, I didn't do anything with it. And then came back around this year as we were writing and working on this record. I was like, I have this track. I have this idea for it. What if we did something like that? And so then I finished the lyrics and yeah, basically it turned into a concept of like, like obviously it's not directly about science. It's like a, meta a metaphor oh, about how like, um, about, I mean, let's see. It's been a while since I've thought about it. Um, but it's it's basically a metaphor of like, you know, you you think that a lot of the things you're told that that life has to offer you are going to be these things that like fulfill you and sustain you and like fill you up, like whether that's money or like fame or success mm -hmm. or material things or you know relationships or whatever whatever the thing is that you think is going to like be the thing that finally like gratifies you, and then it just it at the end of the day it all falls flat so you know it was that, that was kind of the metaphor is like you know there's the, the the rumors and the conspiracy theories that you know because Dasani is like mineral water and technically has like additional salt in it it's actually not hydrating you as well which I don't know if that's actually true but I like to think it is just because I hate it <laughs> so that was the thought process is here's here's this water that is supposed to you know, nourish and like satiate you and hydrate you. And yet it's actually doing the exact opposite, which is what I think that chasing after, you know, chasing after money or, or success or acclaim, like, or whatever the thing is, like, as your be all end all, like it's that, that, that pursuit of that, while not inherently a bad thing, um, when, when you put that as like your old, like, this is what's going to, completely completely you know validate me it's actually gonna do the opposite and totally damage you um because it's not meant to like it's not meant to satisfy you so um yeah that was just kind of the thought process of it and then the when we did the single art for it it was actually a picture i was over in israel earlier this year before covid stuff and um I took a picture of the Dead Sea, which is like notoriously like, you know, literally you can like float on it on the top of it because it's so high salt, con you know, concentrate. So um, it was all kind of tied into that, that thought of like what's supposed to satisfy you actually, you know, destroys you. I never would have guessed that from the title. Yeah. That's brilliant yeah. though, yeah. Um, Yes. Would you suggest another form of water? Do you have a favorite brand? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid of tap water. Uh, I, I just drink like, honestly, me and my wife just buy box after box after box of like off brand LaCroix. And I'm not saying that's the best option. I'm just saying that's mm -hmm. what I do. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, pro it's probably not as hydrating for you. They say it's can be but my favorite water water true water like i just go with spring water like don't give me don't give me the additives don't give me the ph balance no you know just give me that that straight up spring water poland springs deer yeah. park 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever other, if it says spring on it, it's good with me. <laughs> it's amazing the water industry these days. My goodness. What, what, what a business they make. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a bizarre thing. <laughs> yeah, so I found it interesting how you're talking about how they'd give you Dasani water during tours, like wherever you've gone. Um, and like, so just about touring right now, like how has that been, like, since there is limited touring due to um, the coronavirus, how has that affected Milk? Well, we, as like a smaller band, we tried to be like, so we all have backgrounds in the industry already. Mm-hmm. Like Jack runs a studio. Um, I used to tour really heavily, like playing and working for other like artists. I actually worked in like the country world for a while, which was its own thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, same same with John. He his main thing before COVID and like aside from milk was just, you know, playing, uh, playing drums for people at shows or on tour. I mean, in studio as well. And, um, but yeah, so we, we all kind of had a background to some extent in the touring world. So we knew that going into milk, like that there's, there's smarter ways to tour that aren't going to like, you know, destroy you as a small band, like whether that's financially or just you know physically like mentally exhausting Mm -hmm. so we kind of made a point to tour at more opportune times and like around a specific thing so like if there was a new i mean when the the album dropped we we toured on that or when the ep dropped we toured on that um or like you know we went a whole year as a band just promoting online before we even went on tour um because we wanted to make sure like you know even if it's not a ton of people we want to make sure people are buying tickets to these shows and are you know hopefully gonna pick up some some shirts and stuff and like we kind of gambled it right because while we weren't like busting our butts like you know 90 days a year touring schedule for a small band we you know would go out on these these runs and actually be profitable because Mm -hmm. we we just knew how it worked from from touring for a while so um like you know it's definitely cut into our cut into our you know whatever you want to call it our in income for the for the business or whatever mm-hmm. for this year obviously you know streaming especially when you're a smaller artist like you know it it helps but it's it's not giving you a ton mm-hmm. um but uh you know we've just just like everyone else, we've just kind of adapted and figured it out. And we just, you know, we've kind of just put all of our, our eggs in the basket of putting out these singles and, and making this, this album that we're working on as, you know, cool of a thing as we can. And, um, you know, so we're hoping that as we keep rolling out singles and then when we finally roll it out, which is probably looking like early next year, then like we're just hoping that all these singles and stuff will compound on each other. And if touring does return in a meaningful way next year at some point, then hopefully we can play some shows on these new songs if we've, you know, really pursued them, uh, the growth of them, you know, during this time since we can't really focus on anything else. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I mean, we all do other things that help us survive, like, you know, within the industry. So like, it's definitely 
you know, it's not easy for anyone that the, the lack of touring, um, but it has, I don't think it's affected us as badly as it has some other, some other um, artists who like have really heavily relied on it. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to interact with fans at this time? Has that been something, has social media been a larger presence for you guys? Um, I mean, we've, we've always kind of been pretty active on social media. Actually, if anything, I've, I've been doing less of less and less of that over time. I found it, I found for the first few, you know, two years of the band or so, like I was very, very, very active with, with Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. And I, I mean, it's, it's, it allowed us to, you know, build up what we, what we have to this point, I think was a big part of it with social media and just organics spreading through that. Um, but I also, you know, got to see the toxic side of it and, you know, people coming at me for weird things that were, were not normal and just like people, you know, and, you know, and it's like, it's just, that's, it's kind of the internet that we know it's especially like on, in the Twitter sphere, it's, it can be a very, very toxic place and it can, all of that stuff can just be really damaging to you mentally. And so I decided that it's, it's taken time, but I, I just kind of have slowly eased more off of it and trying and try, I've tried to make the interactions that I do have more, more meaningful and less just like, well, I need to interact. I have to do this. Like, and just focus more on, you know, allowing the, the music of it all to, to kind of speak to what we want to be said to people. And then, you know, yeah, still trying to have fun and like, you know, create opportunities to, to quote unquote, hang and chat with, with, with people who are, who support us. Cause obviously that's super important to us and to me is to, you know, I'll make people feel appreciated and valued because we can't, you know, no artist can do what they do if there's not people who appreciate their work and appreciate what they're doing. So I want that to be reciprocated, but I just learned over time, unfortunately, that uh, it can be really unhealthy if you allow that to dictate a lot of your time and your moves. And so I've, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely moved away from it uh, more than I used to, but I think still, a healthy amount of of making sure that people feel heard and appreciated so what are some suggestions you'd give to um young bands who are um interacting on social media and so forth and like building their branding yeah um don't don't fight with people like if someone says something that's rude about you like it's so easy to take personally or even if someone like says like oh this guy he's he's such a jerk like he did x y and z blah 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 even like even if you're like yeah that's not true or like that's not like how you should have interpreted that statement or or like you know just little things like people 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 look for offense people look for like things to to talk about and if they already don't like you you know they they're going to find stuff. So to like be mad about, even if it's literally like something that no normal person would be mad about. Um, so I think it's healthy to it. Don't engage in fights with people or like arguing with people online. Like I, you know, I learned that the hard way a couple of times and 
Like, it's just not, it's not worth it. No one's gonna, no one's gonna like change their opinion. <laughs> um, so that's, that's big. I think finding a healthy balance of, of knowing the difference between like social media as a tool and a platform that allows you to share what you're doing versus like real life relationships is really important because like, you know, not to say that you can't form genuine and important, you know, relationships with people through the internet um, because you totally can. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just recognizing the difference between like someone liking your online presence and someone caring about you as a person because someone liking your online presence or even liking your music is much different than someone caring about you as the person that you truly are and I'm not saying you know and I don't want that to come across as like oh these you know no one who likes your music actually like or cares about you as a person that's not true because I've met Mm -hmm. and talked to so many fans of milk and people who supported milk who like are just such genuinely kind people and I can just tell really have you know appreciated the work that we've made and in turn appreciate us as people and like I appreciate them back and um but I think it's just it's still just recognizing the difference because then like if someone decides that all of a sudden someone who you thought liked your music or like a group you know if you see like people that all of a sudden they don't like your stuff anymore or they're not like as engaged with you anymore. You're going to take it so personally, like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Like, but it's just like, that's music. Like there's artists that I listened to a year ago that I don't listen to or really care about anymore. And it doesn't invalidate them as people or as artists. It's just, it's just, that's, you know, that's music taste. It changes, it evolves, it grows. So it's the same thing, you know, it's easy to get in your head and, and think like, oh, this person doesn't like my music anymore, or, you know, whatever, the, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think just not like, it need, it's, it's, it's almost, almost completely an essential tool in, in today's music industry, social media. But I, I think like just learning where the line, where the line between like what it actually is versus you know, what you think it is, is it's important to learn. And I, I had to learn that the hard way. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a big, I think those are a couple, a couple of things to take away. I guess my other main thought would just be, do not let it ever define your value. Like it's so like, as we all know, it's so easy to get, especially if you're putting something very, that you care about a lot, whether it's music or art or, you know, whatever you do, photography, and if it's not like getting quote unquote the the numbers or engagement you think it should, then you feel like, oh, I'm not a val I'm not a valuable person, I'm a valuable artist. My art is not worth as much as this person's. And it's like that's that's totally untrue. That's just like a matrix we've built uh ourselves into with with you know, one, the commodification of art and music, um, and two social media. Uh, and so I think that's just going to maybe get harder and harder as, especially like for Gen Z and beyond, like literally growing up with that stuff being like the norm. Whereas, you know, I can, I can look back and I'm like, I'm 28 now, which Mm -hmm. is like still pretty young, 
but like I can look back to a time when that was just not as much of a thing or even not a thing at all and so you know it makes me a little worried for people who are like this is you know it's it's affected me in a huge way so I can't imagine that I can only imagine that it's affecting people who literally it's just been a part of the framework from day one of like getting a cell phone. So, yeah, um, yeah I guess I'm hope I'm, I'm hoping if, if anything from that ramble, I, I just hope people can take <laughs> away like social media literally is not your identity. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, it's something you use, not something you are or that reflects you as a person yeah. um, and just use it that way. And, get your stuff out there and you know that's that's all you need that's all you need and then just like find your joy and find your fulfillment in like the work you're doing and like what you're making and like the people you're making it with yeah especially during a pandemic it's sometimes difficult to have those in-person connections but it's it's definitely doable to find even like genuine communication even online oh totally (laughs) totally So for your third track, it is Streetlights, which was also published in 2020. Um, So this, like right off the bat, this song has a, um, the opening of like with a tape recorder almost sounds like it was like recorded and it was almost like a voice memo. And then it goes into the song. What like inspired this um, touch? Yeah, so that was the actual voice memo from when I had the idea for the song. So I... (laughs) had a dream one night and I had that melody and that that track in my head and I woke up and a lot of times I forget when I dream about songs and stuff I'll forget them or just like I won't take the time to like you know do a quick you know memo but this one I did because I was like this is this is this is great and so I I ran into my I ran into my bathroom um, and like, I don't even think I turned like the fan off cause I use the fan as like a, like a white noise thing. So like, I, so you can probably, I think you can hear like this fan, like buzzing in the background. Um, but like, yeah, it was just, I literally just said the time or whatever the date. And I kind of like, there, I, I cut out a few parts of it cause it, it was a little long, it was longer than what's there, but like, mm-hmm. I just kind of laid out like, okay, here's how it feels here's like the you know vibe and then I like sang a little melody and then I did the little drum beat thing and that so and I so I kind of listened to that the next morning and I was like this would be kind of a cool intro and I because I knew I wanted to sit down and mess with it that day while it was fresh Mm um so yeah I just literally you know sent the file put it in my session I was working on and and chopped it up to to kind of set that tone for the intro and away we go wow <laughs> that, that definitely shows the complete process of creating the song like right from like the like the spark <laughs> True. yes yes it's i've had a lot of people tell me that that intro is like, like one just like did they think that's like such a fun a fun part for them and then also like just like oh like i haven't really heard like an intro like this before and I was like oh that's cool like to me it was just like an afterthought like oh this would be funny to put at the beginning of a song like because I just thought it was kind of cool and fun and but it seems like people have really like thought oh this is like really a a cool thing and I'm like oh well all right that's great awesome yeah yeah 
do most of your ideas like do you remember the first time you like thought of it and even like creating a melody for it um how does that process work just in general um it depends it depends on the song or like it just sometimes you have to work for it other times it just comes like that like honestly street lights the core the chorus melody and like all that came right from a dream and i was just i just sang it on the phone and it, it's really not any different than what i dreamt but mm. the verse we like changed like four or five times because we just it just wasn't feeling right and like even to this day i'm like did we pick the right melody and like too late now but um <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I guess it just like i said it depends like a lot of times what i like to do is I just sit down and start messing with parts of a song and start making a track and then kind of whatever that's whatever that track feels like to me then I start writing like lyric ideas and stuff to it or, or other times I'll maybe have like a song title in mind and then I'll just start building a track around like literally just the idea of what that is and I don't even know I don't even like it, it literally changes every time like sometimes I start right away with a melody I'm like oh I like this melody I'll build the track to this sometimes the melody comes after sometimes the lyrics are there sometimes they're not like so mm -hmm. I don't think there's any one way and I think I think a lot of people work that way it's just kind of allowing whatever is feeling right in the moment because you can't even force it like I you know I sit down you know half of the days I try to work on something and nothing you know nothing good happens but that's kind of the the thing is you gotta you gotta sit down and and do the work and then you know that way you're you're ready to go once like inspiration strikes and then you can just like go mm -hmm. so yeah yeah is that a like is it a typical cycle of creating music or is it just an ongoing process like day by day you create music yeah it totally depends like mm -hmm. I mean, right the last couple of weeks, I've, I've been kind of trying to take more time to rest because I think we're such an overworked culture and we think, we think I got to work, 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 you know, hard, you know, hard work equals success. And it's like, yeah, you should work hard. But like, if you're not like, you know, if you're not giving yourself time to rest and you're not giving yourself time to like process everything that's going on, like in your life or just whatever, it's not, you know, you're going to burn out a lot quicker. And so I don't really like the whole, like, because like you can't, you know, with music, you can't, or even like businesses, like you can't necessarily work your way to success. Like, you know, Amazon is the biggest company in the world and it's not because they worked harder than someone else. It's just that they were smart and they did it. I mean, it, they provided something that people wanted and like, you know, obviously a lot of people hate Amazon and it's kind of a crazy company and there's a lot of bad stuff. But the point is, is like, it's not like Jeff Bezos worked harder than someone else whose small business is struggling. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, that's just kind of how it, it happens. Like, and same with music. Like I've seen people put out their first song and it just like takes off and it's not, you know, and, I, and then I've seen people who it's like they're not till their third or fourth album that like something really hits and it's like clearly the the person who has been grinding on something and did four albums before a hit was the one who worked harder quote unquote but mm -hmm. the point is is that that's you know everything is just kind of a shot in the dark a lottery and you just put your best work out there and like 
hope that the right people hear it and hope that people really resonate with it and time to rest lately but when i do sit down and work you know if there's days that it's just stuff isn't coming it's like okay i'm just i'm not gonna force it i've sat down i've worked it's not happening today that's okay i'm gonna go play nintendo yeah um and then the next day i sit down and some crazy idea comes out of nowhere and i'm just like okay there you go like so you can't you can't force it you can't control it you just you just keep trying and like don't and then you just don't get discouraged over the reception of it you you do your best and you put it out there and you market it as best you can or whatever whatever that is you do and then if one doesn't work out you move on to the next one and just keep keep lining up to swing and hope that eventually you're going to hit like a, a big, a big hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so since you live in Nashville now, how has Nashville influenced um, your music and the band in, in general? If anything, I feel like we've like pushed against Nashville. Um, I, I like living here. It's a great town. I have a lot of great friends and, and acquaintances here. Um, and I like that it's very welcoming like that. Um, I've, I, if I'm honest, I've found it over time to not be as envelope pushing as other places. Uh, there's kind of preset expectations of in certain in certain you know cultures of it. Like this is this is what a good song is. This is what good music is. And so I feel like I've kind of we've kind of pushed away from that a bit and just been like, we're just going to do our thing. Cause honestly, I can only think of a handful. I can only, and I'm sure there's more that I'm not thinking off the top of my head, but like, I can only think of a handful of people active here where I'm like, that person's just doing their thing. Um, otherwise sometimes it just feels a little bit like we're trying to do this, this specific thing. Um, and that sounds negative. I don't mean it that way. Like I just, I just really am, passionate about like being true to yourself and what you make and like not like obviously you're always going to get influenced by different things and that's totally good and fine and normal but just not like doing you know because we've all been guilty of it like making something because we are thinking about what people want instead of what we want to make so um so if yeah like I but I will say one thing Nashville has really benefited me um, I think my, especially early on when I moved here, I think my musicianship improved a ton, like my actual like playing ability on a different stuff, on um, a lot of different instruments. And then also I think the, probably the main thing that I, I took, took away from, you know, live, have taken away from living here is probably just my overall songwriting ability. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like that's something that, is almost like a no-brainer at this point like it's like like that 10,000 hours thing um so if if anything I think that not not that you don't have bad days on that kind of stuff too but like I think that if anything just like Nashville has great a lot of great like songwriters like who just know what's going to connect with people and so I think I've definitely taken that away from living here um when it when it comes to a lot of the other stuff and some of the mentalities i think i've kind of i've kind of tried to avoid some of what nashville has to offer when it comes to that um but it's a great city like i said so many so many cool great people and friends i've made over the years and 
um, you know, and flash flood all the time. <laughs> you know, oh, oh. John's house actually a couple of years ago or two years ago, one year ago, maybe one year ago, one and a half years ago. He, he and his wife and me and my wife went on a double date. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, it was raining really hard. He's like, ah, I think I got to go like check on my house. My roommate is posting some funny things. I was like, okay. I was like, well, if you want to hang out, watch a movie later, let me know. Cool. So I get a frantic call like 10 minutes after I get home. I need you to come right now to my house. And he lives maybe 10 minutes or he used to live maybe 10 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. So I throw on some, you know, beat up clothes and run over there his whole house is underwater like his like literally whole driveways underwater uh the water's quickly rising inside and by the end of it like by the time we got out as much as we could and whatever like the driveway was literally up to like i'm pretty tall so like it was up to like my chest but like some of the people it was like up to their like chin and um inside it like rose above like the light switches like we went back the next day and it was just like a walking dead episode in there was insane um so he doesn't live there anymore (laughs) they actually tore it down they tore down a bunch of houses in that in that area because like literally they had flooded like three times and no one had done anything about it it's like come on but uh anyway uh, i don't know where the flood commentary came from but yes that (laughs) that happened okay So what are some upcoming projects that Milk has for 2020 and beyond? I know you mentioned that um, you have been focusing mostly on singles. Um, Yeah, so we are based, I mean, except for like mixing and stuff, we're basically done with our next album. Um, And so we just decided with COVID and with the, you know, inability to tour and, um, just where we're at as you know when it comes to the business standpoint like we're like let's just put out singles from this until we put out and so yeah we've put out um we've put out two dasani water and and street lights at this point and uh we will actually i think by the time this airs there'll be another one out um called gunshots um that comes out uh next friday um so yeah just been just been slowly releasing the album bit by bit uh it's a really like depthy long album or at least like a lot of tracks it's got like 19 tracks at this point so um we're just like we have the freedom to roll it out there's no pressure to put the full record out so we're just going to keep keep the singles coming and then probably early next year, we'll, we'll, we'll finally drop the whole thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, can't really plan too far ahead with the pandemic stuff. So we're just, we're just right now focusing on this, this new album, getting that ready. And that's, that's about it at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. I was curious, like, what is some advice you would give to some bands that, so like for college radio, um, we support a lot of different independent bands or a lot of up and coming bands. Um, so what is some advice that you'd have and some, I guess, inspiration, words of inspiration? Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just do your thing. Like, like I said before, 
don't try to do something because you think someone else wants you to do that or that that's the way it's going to like be successful. Cause honestly, like I've went through so many different seasons in my life and career, like even in a short time. And it's like, it's so easy to succumb to the concept of if I just do this or make something like this, this is for sure going to like work in a big way. And that's just not true. Like what really does work in a big way is being like it sounds so it sounds derivative and it sounds cliche but literally when it comes to making music and art and and that kind of creative endeavors you need to let your uttermost self come out you need to be honest you need to be i hate this word with a passion but i you need to be authentic with it because like that that comes across so much more like even if it's only subconsciously people can sniff out like, you know, uh, inauthenticity. And so that's, you know, and that's, that's, it's not always an easy thing. Some people just isn't are natural, excuse me, are naturally just always going to be that way. And some people you just have to kind of learn to take those filters off mm-hmm. and like, um, be, you know, and and honestly, and that doesn't mean you have to be like weird. Like some people it does. Some people like are are make really weird stuff and that's awesome. For some people, if it might be like quote unquote authentic to you to make like just straight up pop music or makes, you know, just like kind of standard, maybe you just love, I don't know, like, you know, indie rock or you want to sound like a rock band from the 70s. If that's your thing, just put your own personality into it and do it like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like you, you don't have to be like some weirdo shoegaze project like it, if you want to do that you should mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? It's, so it's just like just do, be be yourself as cliche as it sounds do your thing and like I said before don't put your identity and your self-worth into your work because while your work is very personal and it should be very personal doesn't define your value as a person like that was something I had to work through with my therapist because I was so caught up in the concept of my value was dictated by my work and I I still struggle with that because it's it is such a personal thing if you care about what you do but Mm -hmm. um basically one thing he pointed out is when you completely tie up your entire identity in your work not only do you suffer when when things go wrong or you fail Um, but also your work suffers because you're not creating in the freest sense of the the term you're still creating under a cloud of like of of you know something that could could derail you from from really making what you need to make so yeah but maybe those are some thoughts thank you yeah (laughs) and so with um with uh with your style of um synthetic um indie um if I can call it that. Um, sure. What is the, do you think this is a kind of a new form that um, people really like because it's more about the general atmosphere, like, and like the way the mood and the way it makes you feel? I have no idea. At this point, I am just making, for me personally, I'm just making whatever makes me f- feel a certain way. Like I, I've, 
I used to be a lot more calculated, I think, and that's not a bad thing all the time, but I've just realized I get too stressed out overthinking it. And so at this point, like, I'm just like, I know what I, I know what makes me feel good when I listen to it. And so I just, why wouldn't I want to make things that also make me feel good? And then hopefully other people as well. Um, but yeah, for me, I mean, I, my goal has always been to like cultivate a sound that is my own or is our own with milk. And so I think, especially with this newer stuff, this new record, and even the, even the last EP um, was kind of the bridge. Like, I think that the God loves you. So do I EP was kind of the bridge between the first album and this album. It kind of, it's kind of the, the bridge you got to walk across to, to get where this one's at. And, um, but I think that, I think with this one, um, with the handful of people I've showed it to where it's at now, I think we've really cultivated, you know, what can truly be, you know, the, the milk, the milk sound, the milk thing. And I don't think anyone else can, can do that, um, can do our thing. And that's how it should be. No one should be able to do you like you can. So, um, that's always been a goal for me. And I think, I feel like we have achieved that with this, this new album we're, we're slowly putting out. So. Hey, this is Nancy. Thanks for listening in today at 91.3 FM WTSR. Remember to check out more content online at WTSR.org, on the air, or on our Spotify and Captivate channels. And as always, we remind you to open your mind.